0: are listening to the life community church sermon podcast life community is a church for the city making much about the name of christ this podcast is available through all major platforms including spotify apple podcast and google podcast if you enjoy and are challenged by our teaching we invite you to subscribe to the channel on whatever platform you choose as we seek to anchor ourselves to the unchanging truth of god's word together thanks for listening everybody. Welcome to my quarantine life. Um, probably you all have known by now that some of our staff members have tested positive for COVID-19. I was one of those. I had mild symptoms. I'm feeling a lot better. and should be able to get out of quarantine here uh, by the middle to end of this week. Uh, so we appreciate your prayers. Thank you for all those who were kind enough to us to say a word of encouragement. And uh, it seems as though we'll be back in person uh, next Sunday so look forward to seeing you all then so if you have your Bibles go ahead and turn them to the book of James if you don't go ahead and find them we are in James uh, who is the half brother of Jesus this letter that he wrote to early believers in Christ uh, in 4648 AD right around that range uh, this book is full of practical wisdom that, are, that is good and useful for our everyday lives. And so let's go ahead and look at this topic of wisdom more in depth today, and we'll go all the way down to verse 13 in chapter 3, and that's where we'll begin. So let's read this together. James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentile, open to reason, Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come before you today humbly, um, just coming under your word, asking for wisdom and conviction in our hearts. Lord, guide us to your truth. I pray over everyone who's gathered around these screens today whether it's in this moment or in the next few hours. Uh, Lord that you would bring a uh, semblance of unity into our hearts that you would you would take this church that is scattered, Lord, and that you would make us one. And God just guide our time together. And we pray this boldly through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The AW Tozer once rose that the wisest person in the world is the person who knows most about god and that's where james heads today this ideal of of wisdom and he compares these two different types of wisdom wisdom that is from the earth and wisdom that is from the heaven wisdom that is found here in this world and wisdom that descends to us from heaven the bible is full of communication about the topic of wisdom. We can look in the book, book of Proverbs and find wonderful Proverbs that, that mention the idea of wisdom and the cause of wisdom and the reason for wisdom. If we look in Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs 4.7 says, wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. The NIV translation says it this way, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. In Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is in sight. The acquisition of wisdom is of the highest importance to God, and how we get it and where we get it from matters. James, earlier in this book, says if any of you lack wisdom, seek it, and it'll be given to you. James writes loving words of reproof and concern to these early Christians. Earlier in this book, we we remember we've talked about having a a faith that works, faith that has action, that has results in our behaviors and our attitudes, faith and works, that faith without works is dead. And that very same concern James brings in to the topic of the tongue that we talked about last week, that we are to control and bridle the tongue, that we can't confess blessings and curses by the same mouth. It ought not to be so, says James. So just like faith without works is dead, faith that doesn't control its tongue is dead as well. And James then launches into this new topic of wisdom, and essentially he's saying the same thing. Faith that doesn't practice the right wisdom is, in fact, dead as well. If you were going to invest your money in retirement, you would seek somebody who had a lot of wisdom in the area of finance and investment. You wouldn't Find somebody who is an expert in model trains. You would have an expectation, and the same expectation can be had of believers, that we have the right wisdom about us. James begins by saying, Who is wise among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Simply put, James is saying, If you are wise, then live like it. If you are wise, show it. You know, we all know people who just have an incredible intellectual acumen. They're just bright people. But what James is saying is that wisdom isn't mere knowledge. Wisdom is the knowledge to live rightly, to live good. We, You know, we said this earlier in this series that, that knowledge is the ability to take things apart, but wisdom is the ability to put those things back together. And James is saying is that our wisdom ought to be lived out in a certain way. It should be shown by our good conduct, that our works, our work should be informed by the meekness of our wisdom. And what he is saying is that, is that in a sense, we should not be overly impressed with our own self-importance, our own self-importance, that the wise one is the one who has the ability to take Knowledge and live rightly for the benefit of others and not themselves. And this ability to not think of oneself to be selfless is the exact opposite of what James says: that the world of the 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 wisdom of the world is. James says this: but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be false to the truth to say that i'm a believer but yet hold bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in my heart is false to the truth it is false to the truth of christ who willingly sacrificially gave himself up as a ransom for you or not you and i the ideas of selfish ambition and bitter jealousy are incompatible to those who are the children of god incompatible when we think of this term bitter we think of acidic or pungent or or biting it's somebody who's so jealous of something that it's almost become poison in their own lives there's a there's a tale of of two people who lived in an ancient civilization. And these people were envious of one another, and they both were given the opportunity to ask the king for one favor. And the king granted them this favor on one condition, that their rival would have twice as much of what they've asked for. And so as they consider this, the first person came in and asked the king for just one of his eyes to be gouged out. That is an example of bitter jealousy. This bitter jealousy is a poison that hates to see other people succeed. Selfish ambition has to do with putting yourself first in every equation of your life. How will this benefit me? What will this do for me? How will this serve me? And those things are false to the truth of who Christ is. And so listen to what James says, his caution here. He says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly unspiritual demonic for while jealousy and selfish ambition exist there will be disorder in every vile practice james says that that kind of wisdom is counterfeit it's not real wisdom as i was researching um, james chapter three i found this website called mybestlifenow.com. And as I was reading it, the author of this blog wrote this piece of advice to her readers, and I'll just read it for you. She says, it takes courage to create the life I desire. As I explore and honor what I ultimately want for myself, I find that means breaking some old habits and making life changes. Those changes may include walking away from friendships and other relationships that no longer support my growth and my goals. And isn't this sort of the wisdom of the Western culture at its core? It's a me-centric life that's focused on my goals, my desire, and my growth. And these are the messages that are being drilled into our children into our brains, and into our homes. But what is at the heart of this is selfish ambition. My best life. And James is saying this, that kind of wisdom is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. This wisdom lacks the ability to give life. It actually takes life. It steals life. It's demonic. It destroys. In 1986, two ships collided in the Black Sea, hurling hundreds of passengers into the icy water below, resulting in the tragic loss of life. And as this wreck was being investigated, something even more tragic was revealed. The accident was caused by human stubbornness. Each one of the ship's captains knew of the other's presence in the water, and they knew of the direction that they were heading. But neither of them yielded to one another. And when they did, finally, it was far too late and caused great disaster. James says that greater havoc and loss can be created in human relationships, in human relationships for the same reason. You know, we prefer to blame all of our our problems and issues on religious and political differences. But James is saying that the root of the problem is bitter envy and self-seeking in our hearts. And so what is the solution? What is the solution to keep selfish ambition from turning into major disasters into our lives? Well, James writes it here. He says, but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentile open to reason full of mercy and good works impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace we should draw from the wisdom that comes from above wisdom that is pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. When we embrace that wisdom from above, that is the beginning of harmony, not havoc in our lives. I think that the way that James describes wisdom from above should cause us to question our own lives. Is that how people experience me? Does the wisdom that I possess produce that kind of person. Am I pure, then peaceable, Gentile, full of mercy, open to reason, good fruits, impartial and sincere? As one in faith, we believe that God not only demonstrated this sort of wisdom as He walked on the earth, but in His death and in His resurrection. And it is by faith, by faith that we are counted children of God. And as the faithful, God so loved us that he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as one who possesses the Spirit of God by faith, we also possess his wisdom. And just like we are to grow in our Christ likeness, in our attitudes, in our behavior, in our action by dying to self and taking up our cross, we are to renew our wisdom by His wisdom as we walk faithfully with Him. So in this season of adversity and tension, a season that has revealed more of who we are because of its hardship, can we say that we've leaned into a wisdom that has produced purity, peace, gentleness, open to reason? Can we say that about ourselves or have we leaned into our own wisdom that has produced fear and division and strife and defensiveness and obstinance how has this moment in time revealed the wisdom in which i live by we need to remember that james says A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know, we've talked a lot about this idea of peace, keeping our peace and making peace. Uh, Peace is of great importance to the Father, that we would be peacemakers. And so the the word peace comes from the Hebrew word shalom. And, And that word is not just the absence of conflict. Not peace that's the absence of conflict, but peace that is walking into something to make it right. It's to bring restoration. And as God's own children, those of faith who are God's children, we are charged, we are charged with bringing peace into this world, the peace that we have found through Christ. We are to bring that. We are agents of reconciliation. And that cause is not served from a wisdom that brings disunity and strife and division. That wisdom produces defensiveness and fear. That is a wisdom that brings destruction. We are God's agents of change in this world. And we are to change this world by becoming so empty of our own pride and preferences that we no longer see people as obstacles or things, but as image bearers, image bearers. As a Christian, we lay down our lives. We love our enemies. It doesn't mean that we're pushovers. It doesn't mean that we don't have convictions and beliefs. Our wisdom is first pure, then peaceable. It is okay for us to have convictions that are unmovable, But if our aim is to be a faithful partner of God in growing his kingdom, then we ought to live as if we want people to join us there. There's a pretty big deal happening in two days. Uh, There's an election. And thankfully for us in this nation, this election has been pretty calm. Uh, There's been a lot of reasonable debate, uh, not a lot of hatred and division sewn into it. It's 2020, isn't it? You know, there are many of us who are fearful and who are worrying about what's going to happen this week. You're worried about who's going to get elected and you're fearful about what's going to happen afterwards. Whatever happens, like, let us live in the victory, in the kingship of Christ first. Whatever you think needs to happen to change this nation or make this nation better, it will never be fully found in a political candidate. The change that we want will begin when God's people begin to live by the wisdom that comes from above. Wisdom that is not idealistic in nature, but wisdom that is the very character and nature of God. What our world needs now are Christians who live by the true and white right wisdom of God. And so let's end our time by reading these words of James again. James three, thirteen through eighteen. Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct? But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentile, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We love you guys. We're thankful for you. We're praying for you. I know that you're praying for us, and we look forward to seeing you again.